This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm Jacob and I'm here with Emily. Hello. Martin. Hey. And welcoming back our guest, Freya. Hello. Thank God uh, we didn't drive you away for the last time. I'm back by unpopular demand. <laughs> I don't know about unpopular. Interesting demand. Um, okay, this week we're going to just destroy your souls by discussing companion exits with Peter Davidson's Earthshock, which features the departure of Adric, and Matt Smith's The Angels Take Manhattan, which features the departure of Amy and Rory. Of course, spoilers. Sorry? Yeah, yeah spoilers. I was just about to say, I'm, I'm, remembering, spoilers. <laughs> I'm remembering for once to say spoilers. I've written it in bold. Spoilers for these you've episodes. You've already spoiled it by saying this an exit, so... Hmm. They've been out for decades. So, yeah. Actually, spoilers spoilers for this and other things. Will you all shut up? I am trying to do an introduction here. I should I should say before we properly get into it that um, we record these on a Wednesday. Yesterday was the US election. And despite the results still not being in at the time of recording, and I suspect not being in when this goes out, guess which tits decided to stay up till 5am with a severe amount of vodka. And I'm paying the price for that quite significantly so my mood may go from very high apparently to very very low i had a lovely sleep last night you can shut your goddamn mouth <laughs> so to move on to Earthshock, the fifth doctor adric nissa and tegan arrive on a dig site where a bomb has been placed and it turns out that bomb was placed by the cybermen because they're trying to wipe out the planet they move from the bomb to a freighter. You can tell my sort of state of mind right now, can't you? They move bomb to a freighter. The plant, the sidemen plan to crash into the earth. So what do we think of Earthshock? Please, someone else start talking. I mean, I love it because it's one of the first classic episodes I saw. So this was like seven years ago. 13-year-old me really enjoyed this. And it, it's always one I say that if you want to get into classic, this is one of the ones you should watch near the beginning because... Yeah, it's got the Cybermen. It's, I think, pretty well paced and like gets you into how classic who is like ordered and how it works and stuff with the cliff. I like support what you say there, Martin. Like, as someone who like barely watches any classic who, like, I really enjoyed Earthshock a lot. I mean, apart from like being really angry about all the geological inaccuracies, apart from that, I really enjoyed like when the is science and... ever accurate in Doctor Who. There was a big debate about this in our chat, actually, for I think the first time ever of properly having a go at the science of Doctor Who. So they clearly got something very, very wrong. If it actually for a moment, I just started thinking about Kill the Moon, and then I just decided not to go (laughs) into that. That was last week's discussion. That was last week's. Let's not go into it again. Avoided that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Spare him for the love of God. (laughs) Well, it's um. Let's talk about the dynamics. So we've got our first Fifth Doctor episode with Nissa, Adric and Tegan. I've never seen Nissa or Adric in an episode. Um, it's a good... I'd say it's an interesting trio. There's a certain balance. I mean, it, it opens, like, with Adric being incredibly irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, emphasis know, on like... interesting because Adric is a... a companion. He is definitely a companion. I've got to say, I do find him really annoying. Yeah, I, I have been watching a bit of him recently, and every time he speaks, I just get angry. 
Yeah. Like I think it got better though, like throughout the episode. Like at the start, that start is just a bit much, like Adric. But then after, like they've got going, and like you've got the Cybermen and the plot and everything, it's fine because he's just sort of like involved in the story and. Yeah, once a story gets kicked into gear, you you forgive a certain amount of characters just because they're actually doing something instead of properly moping. I mean, Jesus, now Adric is a, a young companion as they go. I think he's only 18, 19. He's a young, yeah, he's like around 20-ish. He's our age, let's put it that way. Oh, God. That's, I've never moped like that. Do I? I probably have, but I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, he's all right. He he fluctuates. Like sometimes he's okay, and then yeah, this episode he does get a bit of uh, whiny bits. But like, I think he's better with the fourth Doctor because he sort of has like this student-teacher relationship with the fourth Doctor, whereas with the fifth Doctor, it's more of a he's just there. Well, it um, seemed yeah, it seemed to hint at that again because I've not seen any for Edric, but it seemed to hint that there was some kind of mentorship would be. An exaggeration. He's like, why don't you never have any intellectual discussions with me? He's like, I do. Well, I once. So it does feel. It feels like the fifth Doctor felt about Adric what the audience felt about Adric. Hmm. I mean, I also kind of don't like Tegan that much. I, I find her kind of equally as annoying sometimes. Is she just she just whines a lot and <laughs> just complains. And I don't she like. She was okay in this episode. Like she wasn't that bad because she was like, out of the TARDIS, so yeah. she wasn't in their first thing. She was like at least doing stuff. Yeah, this is more in other episodes, not really in our show, but. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen I've seen them before, and I actually really like them now. Like different again. Sorry, I. <laughs> yeah, I was in Probably cut that bit. <laughs> it's fine. Your audio's starting to go. No one will hear it anyway. <laughs> Um, right, so let's let's talk Cybermen then, because I like Cybermen, and so it's easy something to focus on. There's actually, I mean, we've spoiled it massively now, but it was a secret that it wasn't actually revealed that Cybermen were in this story, and you know, the title Earthshock is kept very vague. It's not just um, yeah, this creator is... of the Cybermen. I don't know. This is the first time the Cybermen were, would have been on screen in like seven years because they didn't appear since Tom Baker's first season. So that was like people in the 80s were probably with before the internet as well. They just probably, well, they were shocked. <laughs> Hence the name. I'm shocked. Yeah. Shocked <laughs> the world. I like the way like secrets, yeah. the start of the episode, like it has like sort of a it's not really a different enemy but like with like the droid band droid and stuff hmm. like in the tunnels like it has a very different setting a very different vibe and like the change of scenery comes along sort of with the change like with the reveal that it's the cybermen so it's like hmm. two it feels like two parts in a way yeah the first episode was just there to bring back the cybermen have that cliffhanger and make everyone go whoa and then the rest of and it three solid minutes of explaining how the dinosaurs died out Yes. <laughs> yeah, but at least they tried to tie it back in at the end, even if hmm. it was wrong. Well, that's, I mean, that's why they tied it back in, though, because it's just to go, oh, the dinosaurs died by a meteorite, and then it turns out it wasn't a meteorite, it was a spaceship. Is it not true that, like, Peter Davidson's era just explains how the Doctor did everything in the universe? Is kind of, yeah. Terminus, doesn't Terminus say how the Big Bang happened? I think so, I've not seen that one. But, like, the visitation 
Definitely. Oh yeah, Miss Dyson, Great Fire of London. Where the doctor, literally, I'm not going to spoil it too much because we are probably, hopefully, going to show it at some point. <laughs> it, it's on a list in a very secret Google Doc I show to very few people. But there's an event in history where the doctor at the end kind of goes, you know what, I'm just going to let this happen. And the companions kind of go, really? And he's like, yeah, I think this should happen. <laughs> in this sort of really calm way. I'm sorry, I want to get into a discussion about that, but that's for an entirely different time. However, it's mm -hmm. all my brain can latch onto. Uh, God, I, don't I, know. I was thinking about um, the Cybermen in terms of like, when they like wake up loads of an army like later on, like for no reason. This is one thing that like really no I noticed. Like, as oh, a yeah, first time I was like, why are they waking up more? Like, what is the purpose? Because they wanted those really, really impressive cling film effects. They, I guess they just needed time to fill in the final episode. <laughs> so it's like, let's just repeat breaking out Cybermen. Why not? Classic episode, filling time. Never. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like... Because they just, they did just look like uh, life-size action figures. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, they did. Especially when they died as well. Like, when they fall on the ground, it's just like, what? Splat. It's mm. not very realistic, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, do. I mean, in terms of, like, not because of the way they look, but because of the way they're acted, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I do like this one. When does that Cyberman, the one that gets shot and then later survives to damage the console at the end of part four, what episode does that die in? Because I swear it's, it's a solid half hour of that thing just climbing up some stairs. I, know, I think it's probably part three. I think it's the end of part three, yeah. <laughs> and he just gets shots every five minutes of just... Yeah. 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 Just every now and again, a little bit going up the stairs. Mm. I mean, check off Cyberman. <laughs> Was it paid off? What did uh, we think about Adric's uh, exit then in this episode? Ex uh, okay, let's say spoilers again for those who weren't paying attention. Again? Big spoilers. Big spoilers okay, for something that happened in 1982. Spoiler about the Falcons' War. Uh, <laughs> no politics. <laughs> so yes, Adric dies at the end of this episode. He's Blows on. The, up. Well, well, we're going to challenge that in a bit. Christian's not here with us sadly this week to discuss audios, but we'll do it on his behalf. And I can't believe I just said that. But, but Adric is on the freight that the Sidemen plan to crash into the Earth. What actually happens is this freighter travels back in time and becomes the meteor that causes the extinction of the dinosaurs, much to the distaste of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin. <laughs> I'm just reusing jokes I made in the chat. Mm. But I think Adric's death is kind of a mix of... It, it does hit a little hard, because I think this is the first and actually only companion in the classic TV era that's died. It depends what you define as companion. And again, Christian, we're challenges on this. Oh, yeah, uh, okay, fine. Katrina, master yeah, Katrina and Sara Kingdom would count. But Sara was in Feast of Stephen, so Sona. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I imagine it was a little bit traumatic. And I, I think especially when I first watched it, I, was, I wasn't expecting it. I, I was like, oh, okay, they, they just killed him. Great. That's fine. I'll be honest, you guys all kind of ruined it for me because you were all like, Adric, go away. And then he just <laughs> dies. And I was like, well, <laughs> that makes sense now. Like, as someone who's never seen it and didn't know either. Yeah. Also, I feel like the minute he says no to, like, getting on the escape pod, 
like that's when you know he's gonna die not at the end like that's what I personally thought anyway like when he said no I was like oh no I do remember um when Praxius came out and you have practically the same scene of one of the gay guys on the spaceship and he's like oh I'm gonna crash here oh I'm gonna die and the doctor materialized the TARDIS around him to save him because Mm. someone uh wrote a script note to Chibnall going hey you know you said you had gay representation it doesn't count when they're all fecking dead and people said, can we have that discussion later? <laughs> I'd say like, in terms of like repeating itself, like when the doctor's saying like, no, I can't like materialize around, I can't get on the ship when it's like changing uh, course and position. Like that's kind of all been like erased in New Who because the doctor just like jumps between random changing ships well, I mean, all the time. His console was also damaged by the Cybermen because they kept shooting. True, true. But also, I feel like it's just an excuse to kill. Also, yeah. Well, also the doctor's what fifteen hundred years older, so she's, well, I don't know she's had practice. Yeah. Well, but, well, I can do from how old she is compared to like Eccleston, but yeah. they gave. I think like the classic doctor's actually got younger. Mm, yeah, he went a lot. And then the time war. So another thing about Adric's death is it gets like sidelined very quickly in the next episode. It's like the first minute of time flight, they appear in Heathrow. Tegan finally gets home, and the Doctor and Co are just like, "Well, he's dead. We're going to move on now." And they don't really put time on it. Whereas in spare parts, I'm going to plug in an audio here because Christian's not here. I'm going to do it. <laughs> they actually have a little segment where they discuss it. Like it's not that long. It's like a minute or so, but it's still more than they did in the TV show, and it makes the death feel a bit more tragic because you can clearly see that the Doctor and Nyssa are scarred by that death, and every time they meet the Cybermen, they're like, oh, poor Adric. Well, let's combine your talk of audios and my talk of Adric's death with Christian's likely point of Adric didn't actually die. Mm. There are audio dramas that he survived, and I wish I'd looked this up, in some kind of bubble universe. And the fifth Doctor may have actually known about this. I forget, it was late night reading on the wiki. I should have done the research, I don't know. <laughs> while I was doing it, like while looking at the electoral results of North Carolina, I was vaguely distracted. Also script editing. So episode nine is gonna be very, very fun for our audio dramas. <laughs> but he survives, he lives in a bubble universe. He, I think has a husband at some point. He meets the Doctor again. He's sort of perverted towards Nyssa. And then eventually dies doing something else. So he still dies. Yeah, still dies. It wasn't worth it. Let's be honest. It does still take away from that scene. That I don't. It's it's one of Moffat's problems where he kept killing off a companion and going. Actually, no, I don't want to kill him off that way. Let's bring him back. Let's 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 go back a step. Kill him off this way. It really annoys me. Like when they keep bringing people back, like especially Clara, and then with Bill. I was like you did such like a good exit like in the same way that Adric's exit is like such a good like leave for the show like so were people in the modern era but they sort of just undid it so I think in terms of the audios like let's just leave them dead you know yeah I think audio is not canon (laughs) no exactly well well, I think speaking of leaving things dead let's leave Adric's child remains there and move on to the angels take Manhattan so this is 11th Doctor, Amy and Rory visit New York. Rory gets sat back in time by Weeping Angels. The Weeping Angels are then after him and also River Song is there. And they have to try and save Rory from being trapped from the Weeping Angels for the rest of his life. Now, I I love this episode. This may be in like my top 10, honestly. It's just... I really like this episode. I'm not sure I'd put it in like top 
too. But like as an exit episode as well, like I think it does a good job because you don't so, expect it at the end. Like emotional. I consulted a an official, well, f- professional in quotation marks Doctor Who fan on Twitter last night who was doing um, asked me an opinion about Doctor episode. I said Angels Take Manhattan, and he he said it was the best companion exit the show's ever done. Yeah, I think it. I think Face the Raven could have been the best exit if it hadn't like not been an exit. This is my problem. Well, Ben didn't exist. <laughs> exactly. I do like yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, but I feel like the best part about this episode is sort of like how it's a surprise, like at the end, if that makes sense. Because when you find it out, it makes total sense. Like one from when you look at it in the context of the whole episode but like when you're actually watching it if you haven't seen it before like you don't know what's Mm. coming like at the very end until the book yeah i do remember when the book chapters i remember watching that and getting to the last five minutes where they've escaped new york or newark in the past they're like ready to leave and just thinking something's going to go very very wrong (laughs) and then 20 seconds passed and i went oh there it is See, in a way, like, the chapter titles of Melody Malone, like, spoil this to me. Like, I know that these things have happened before and then nothing's bad has happened after and it's kind of just been ignored that that was, like, written. But in this case specifically, as it's in, like, sort of a loop, like, it kind of spoils it. I mean, in terms of River writing it, it is a bit... I suppose because she's written it after the events and knows what the Doctor should know at certain points, then that makes sense why she would write certain things. For example, writing Amelia's last farewell as the final chapter kind of makes sense, knowing that the Doctor's going to get angry at that. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, yeah, it doesn't... It could have been subtler. (laughs) True, true. But then also, like, you kind of know that at the time, like, we knew that the ponds were, like, gonna have to go at some point oh, yeah we so, knew like, this was their last episode yeah exactly so we already knew well, anyway i mean so. amelia's last farewell is vague enough because it could mean to rory so there's a certain ambiguity and then i think you by the time they've jumped off the roof and saved themselves you forget like they've set it up and then you go hang on oh it's yeah, actually all fine now that like sort of fake out of the death like that could have been the chapter like in your head <laughs> like oh that could have been it even though obviously it's not. that she had to write something that would make the doctor angry because she saw him get angry. And then as soon as he does that in front of her, she now knows that she has to write that down. Something bad enough to make him do that. Yeah. I know it's a Whipping Angel episode, but it's not Blink. Can we just <laughs> keep it not wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey, please? Okay, well, let's... I mean, it is. Timey-wimey in this. I mean, it is. Because okay. apparently... Okay, there's one person we haven't really discussed yet. So I'm going to come to you, Freya. Now, River <laughs> Song is a character in this episode. And Freya, can you for me please describe your opinion of River Song without using the word lesbian? Classic. <laughs> Homosexual. I mean, I, like, okay. No, I just like her a lot. It's not necessarily all that like that. I, I genuinely love her as a character. I think she's fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not just because I fancy do, do you want me to reveal um, what your Zoom name is currently? I'm afraid Zoom name currently is, was it Rivers number one simp? Yeah. So, just, 
I think that says it all. I feel like but... one of like the things about River in this episode is that um, like it really shows like her relationship with uh, Amy and Rory because like I feel like often you forget like they're her parents and the Doctor even in this episode sometimes like forgets that they're her parents. Till the very and end, I think yeah. at the end, especially when he like mentions it at the that end, you're like, I think I think it doesn't win actually because they could have used that for more emotional effects, but they didn't. Um, they have people forget all the time that they're her parents, and she's kind of in the background, and it's more the doctor's emotions of losing Amy Roy that they focus on. But actually, like Rivers was the only three people that really cared about her in the universe ever, and she's losing two of them, and. The other is completely distraught and not available to her. So I think it is actually quite harrowing to see her almost sidelined in this. But you get that one line at the end in the TARDIS saying, yeah. Oh, they were your parents, so I didn't even think about it. Um, and that moment with Amy in the graveyard. But actually, a lot of times you tend to forget. And I think there should have been more of that. I think they like play it that way as in like because you like they didn't really like like raise her as like a kid they like subconsciously had her as a friend so I feel like they play it more as a friend relationship than actually like as parents and a daughter which you know in this episode it would have been really good like you said to like bring out that side of her rather than the doctor's emotions but I, you know. I, I think by and large it is the Doctor's show, so you're naturally going to skew the drama in his favour, especially when it's a companion exit. And really, it adds to the heartbreak, just that throwaway of just, oh God, it's even worse. I think dwelling on it a bit more might have... Like the audience that just forgot, um, you get that gut punch of, oh, by the way, this thing you forgot about like ages ago, it's just reminding me of that now to make the show even worse. And I think also kind of horrible that River has to go with that promise she made to Amy of looking after the Doctor immediately after Amy leaves because um, the Doctor's the one that breaks down and she's just lost her mum and she stood there staring at the angel to make sure it doesn't get the Doctor because he's not even looking at it, not even thinking about looking at it and she's the one that's just there staring so she's immediately fulfilling the looking after him thing which I think is quite I just say that if the angel had got on the doctor, he would would have been able to just live out his life and get back to 2012. But he would have had to watch Amy and Rory age and die. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in a cheerful mood. Could have been worse, actually. Hmm. What actually happens to this angel? Because I feel like it's just standing there. It just stays there. I think it just dies out because it's quite weak. it's It's a scavenger. So yeah. there's just one, uh, you know, he'll pick off a few people and just Sets up do his for thing. Potential future Weeping Angel episodes if anyone ever wants to write for them. Well, let's discuss the Weeping Angels then. So, like, I mean, this one, Moffat tries to do something new, which is, it's difficult to do with the Weeping Angels. I think Moffat said there's only so many times you can do, okay, it's a chase scene with statues. With statues. <laughs> You've seen the same interview. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they try to do the angels making a battery farm, hmm. which is definitely. I think it's a quite a nice. Day. Day. I I kind of. I like... think I like the setting a bit. Yeah. Like the hotel, like naturally has like a creepy vibe because like the lift, especially. 
like I feel like when you're watching the lift and the angels like around it it really helps like rather than it just being a standard chase scene basically and and the angel's smiling at the end of the corridor as well oh that's creepy River Turner. That, that's creepy I think that's the most creepy moment at least in this episode probably not for the whole weeping angels but that moment yeah. in particular just the angel knows that the doctor has no idea what's happening and is going into a trap and it's just giggling at him well, do uh, well, speaking of giggling, so they do the baby angels as well. You got the cherubs, mm. which you got Rory in the cellar, yeah, and then oh, and then of course, there's Moffat's quite literally biggest idea with the angels <laughs> Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna go out on a limb, I like it. It's dumb, but I, it's it's dumb, but you'd do it, of course, you would. It's just taking the opportunity of going, Oh, that connection could be made, yeah. I'm it's the they... fact that, like, go on. Go I'm on, glad they don't fixate on it and it just is there for like one or two moments. It's just like there at the beginning just to show you, look, yeah. look what you can do. And yeah, then... they don't do like Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. And just have it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, logically it couldn't make any sense. Like there would be someone looking at it. But Moffat's explained this. Like it could this. never I, make it. I don't know what his explanation was off the top of my head, but he did actually come up with some kind of theory. Hmm. I mean, there's a certain mitigation. It is the 1930s. There's less people to see it. Yeah. Never sleeps, but they do blink. Maybe just catches <laughs> you know, How long would it take to get all the way across, like from the island? Maybe like, it just in that catches time. people on the way, just like scoops them up. <laughs> Look, the Statue I mean, of Liberty's. Oh. I mean, you do hear it approach, so that does suggest that it freezes every now and again, and you hear it freeze, which it's is even... like Granny's footsteps with the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> That's my theory. People see it, but then they blink, so it just transports them back in time and keeps going. It's just it's plowing through. It's like GTA Five. It's just plowing through them. Are you talking about people in the sea down here, or in like? Because otherwise, how how can it plow through people? This is confusing. Well, yeah, but yeah, people who everyone who sees it, it just transports them back in time. So any time it moves from its plinth to Winter Key, at least forty people just end up what looking outside the window, going, "Well, I wasn't making it up, but where the hell am I?" Then again, I feel like despite its problems. Like, despite the problems with, like, the actual Statue of Liberty being the angel, like, without that big, like, moment, then Amy and Roy wouldn't have been tempted to do, like, like to jump off the building, basically. Yeah. So it has to be, like, bigger than just some angels on the roof. Yeah, but, so. uh, but and if you didn't get... I mean, that scene where they do jump off the building is, like, one of Moffat's best. It is. It is. Just, and the music, just, like, that's the a music. song we don't talk about. I couldn't resist putting I that. mean, I love that music, honestly. <laughs> it breaks my heart. The first time I ever saw this episode, like I re-watched that one scene where they jump off the roof about like 50 times, but I never finished the episode. And then after watching it like 50 times, I finished the episode and I was like, no way. And how are you alive today? I didn't cry once, you know, because oh, you I'm just heartstone, yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> let's discuss the ending then, past the departure. We have the epilogue that reveals that there's a shot in the 11th hour of young Amy hearing the TARDIS arriving after she's already met the Doctor 
and it's revealed Freya looks so traumatized. You were very <laughs> distressed right now, Freya. <laughs> and it's revealed that the doctor actually goes back in time, tells her all those things, and says, just wait. So Amy's known the whole time the doctor was coming back. And Moffat was waiting to do that punchline for two and a half years. To be honest, it makes sense. It, it does make sense, and it is really beautiful, but doesn't he already do that in the Pandora Opens Big Bang finale? Doesn't he already... He just carries her when she's asleep, doesn't he? But then she's back outside again in the morning. I don't think she is outside in the morning. Well, she it's... is. It's daytime when she's sitting outside at the end of the epilogue. Well, maybe she just go back out, so maybe. And also in 11th hour when he goes back. Well, he goes but, back. But also in that timeline... She technically might not have gone back out in the morning because he didn't exist. Oh, that's true. I forgot. Big Bang 2, Wibbly Wobbly. Not again. I, t- I, I mean... warned you against that. <laughs> One of the things, like, I think with that moment at the end is that like, it makes sense, like, why Amy was, like, so convinced, like, the whole time that he existed and stuff. Like, all this time when she was, like, imagining her imaginary friend and stuff and everyone was telling her, like, he's not real. Like, if the doctor had gone back and said, like that it like mm. all together in a way yeah so. i do really like that scene and it, it makes me cry every time i rewatch 11th hour as well because you, you just the, know when the first night amy meets the doctor is also the last night the doctor meets amy and it's just too much oh stop let's move oh, on the questions you. before yeah, I start let's, let's move on before we start crying we've well, got two questions <laughs> neither from <laughs> angels take my hand which is probably good Okay, let's do the first one from Joseph. Does the show lose Jeopardy from limited companion deaths? And would it benefit if I could pronounce Jeopardy and if the show would kill companions more often? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, we already talked about this earlier. I will always go back to Leela as the prime example of a companion that should have died but didn't because Leela is actually the puff, not in a bad way, but I'm just saying in sort of a... Her exit is really bad. It just happens. She's like, I'm going to go now. Bye. I think it would have been more emotional if she was like defending the doctor in a last stand mm. as the sort of like instinct and have it emotional. I'm not saying that would be a nice thing to watch. I'm just saying for her character, it would be a much better ending to what she actually got. I mean, I already... I the way that she does go, then does lead on to her getting emotionally tortured in the Gallifrey audio for quite a while. I'm currently obsessed with those and wow she goes through some stuff. <laughs> yeah so she wouldn't have had to gone through that as she died in the show. <laughs> One of the things like I mean I said it earlier but I feel like some companions in like Modern Who like they set up for them to die and then they like bring them back for a cameo and I feel like often people do die in modern who but they're always like people you don't care about and i'm like if you're gonna kill all these secondary characters like surely yeah, a companion would die now and then yeah well i mean as someone here who's written a companion exit which i will go into no detail on at all you do there's definitely the weighing up of do i give them an almost justified and kind exit or do i be very 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 cruel and malicious and i'm not saying which way i've gone but that it is I mean, very much about it's, it's difficult. <laughs> okay, let me say if it if hypothetically it's malicious, I don't do a fake out. There are no fake outs. If it's nice, then it's nice. See, it's the That's fake outs that bother me. Like I don't care if it's malicious or planned. Like I just 
don't freak out on me like especially now because it's happened quite a few times in modern yeah. who like so many i just think about clara all the time i'm like no please <laughs> die I, I mean she she could have left in like mummy but also like or like last christmas but i feel like face the raven's the one episode that i really enjoyed and i was like this feels so justified like for her to die yeah I do. Like and then that. oh surprise she's back in an episode i hate what yeah, great well, we're not doing a hell podcast we'll appear all day now yet. she's in a flying cafe with a really rubbish character <laughs> like, that's an awful thing. like it wasn't worth it like bringing her back wasn't worth it like i get it if you have like some kind of great episode planned like because i was actually quite annoyed when rose came back in uh journey's end store enough but um like, cause I felt like she had such a sad exit, even though she didn't die. But still, like, at least they had a plan. Like, that was, like, part of the story. Whereas in other ones, I'm just like, why? Why did you come back? Like, Bill coming back, why? Why? Uh, well, okay, let's move on to the second question. Would the poignancy of Adric's death have been improved if his relationship with the Doctor was stronger? Yes, I think. But... Even in context of the episode, I, you know, I started the episode not liking Adric at all. And even by the end... There was still something, just the fact almost that they dared to do it, I think. I think it's, like, for me, I thought, I don't think it was about how strong the relationship was with the Doctor. It was more the fact that he was, like, trying to save the Earth, even though the Doctor knew it couldn't be. Like, he was trying so, so hard. Like, that's why he died, well, rather than... To because... be fair, maybe the Earth could be saved. I mean, Mal will never know if he was right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You would think I've been setting up the entire podcast to make that joke. That's God, the I only wish I thing had. You were thinking about coming into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that in Wisconsin. That's just been proud me. Of yourself, oh, <laughs> you have no idea how proud of myself I am. I think we should end it there because it's not getting any better than that, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's good. <laughs> okay, so next week we look at wartime with David Tennant's The Human Nature and the Family of Blood, and our first Jodie Whittaker episode, Demons of the Punjab. So I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Join us. Yeah, that, that's, that's how these work, Emily. <laughs> you can't just keep reading all the plots on TARDIS Wiki. I'm calling you I out for horror actually. fang rock. I know I'm calling you out for horror fang rock now. <laughs> Thanks. Watch the first part. <laughs> sure, that counts. <laughs> okay, let's end it there before we kill each other. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.